Well, this uh, study started from a discussion that was happening and uh, came in as a question. And the idea is that we want to make sure that those of you who are out in the world, all of us, as we go out into the world, we are prepared and ready. So this church takes upon it uh, the idea of trying to answer questions and teach and talk about things in God's Word uh, from the point of view of God's Word. We're always looking for how things start. So this discussion was between uh, someone and a friend that they had regarding evolution and creation. Uh, This thing says that God made man and Adam was smart enough to name animals and walk upright and... uh, survive and grow food, etc., etc. So where do cavemen fit into the Bible timeline? Grunting and hairy guys with no real intelligence, do they fit in? And uh, what about monkeys? Where do we come from? Monkeys or how does that fit into the Bible? Well, let me just tell you, one of the most enjoyable things I ever see is cartoons about cavemen. They're hilarious. I love them, right? <laughs> Captain Caveman, anybody? Yeah, with the club, right? Flying through the sky, big ball of hair, right? They're hilarious. He's a superhero, right? The Flintstones, right? Everybody loves the Flintstones. And my favorite used to be these Looney Tunes when they would show these Looney Tunes and they'd have a pretend cartoon documentary about the caveman and they would go and here's the caveman going to take the, you know, to kill the dinosaur or something and they'd all come back all smashed up and waddling back. Here's the next day after they figured out how to run a wheel to do it. They're hilarious, those types of things. I enjoy those cartoons. Uh, B.C. is another one, right, that's been in the newspapers as a cartoon for a long time. So why and where does that fit? That's the question. Where does that all fit? It's funny. We enjoy it. Those are all uh, an artist drawing up a caveman, doing something funny. I think it's funny, too. But the question is, is what really happened? What do we know about what really happened? From the very beginning, what does the evidence say? And were there really cavemen? Did they grunt, groan, point, throw spears? I don't know, all sorts of different things. Where did they come from? And what do we know the truth about what God's word said? So that's where we're going to go, is God's word. And then we're going to look at a little bit of what we have found and, and answer some questions about what scientists and anthropologists have found, okay? And we're going to look at that through the light of the Bible as well so that we understand what really happens, all right? Uh, let's start in Genesis chapter number 1. It's a good place to start when we're talking about the very beginning Genesis is a place to begin it. Right in chapter number 1, verse number 25. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 25. 
And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every other living thing that moveth upon the earth. So in the very beginning, here's what's important. God made animals. And it says specifically, as it goes through each kind... He says, God made beasts after their own kind. And God made the fowls of the air after their own kind. Okay? And so we see that God says, I made this, and this is how it will remain after its own kind. So you, as a dog breeder, okay, can take and breed all sorts of dogs together and get all kinds of funny names and funny uh, attributes and you can get great big dogs and very little dogs and all sorts of ones in the middle. But you cannot breed it with a cat. Okay? Can't do it. All right? You're not going to get a dat or, or a cog, okay? It just doesn't happen because God said there are limits in which within its kind it can reproduce. Okay? He made them from the beginning, still the same. All right? Those are important things to remember as we go through. All right, now let's skip through to chapter number two. And we'll see, he said, God made man in his own image. Okay? So that's also important. We did see that. Man was made, mankind, in God's image. And he says, male and female. He created in his own image. All right? He created them, and they also are after their own kind. Okay? He says, that's good. What I've done is good. Now, let's see about this man, what we can see from the very beginning. Chapter number 2. What do we pick out? Verse, chapter 2, verse number 15, as we read a little bit about mankind. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil shall thou not eat, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground of the Lord formed every beast of the field and the fowl of the air and, the, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air, to the beast of the field, for Adam... Uh, but for Adam, there was not found an helpmeet for him. Okay? So, right away, we see Adam. 
First of all, he's communicating to God. And we'll see this a little bit more. He's communicating to God. We see also, right away, that he gardens. Okay? So he is put in there to dress and keep the garden, it says. So he is farming right away. Okay? Right away. He understands it, and he is able to do it right away. It says it right in the Bible there. That's what God gave him the knowledge of. He also gave him the knowledge to know right from wrong. Now, he didn't do very well with that knowledge, but he had it right then and there, right? He knew he could make a decision. He gave him the, the point of, here, you make a decision. Right from those few verses... We see that, and we see what happens. Now, he names the animals. Okay, so we know he's got language already. He names the animals. He seems to be pretty intelligent enough to come up with a bunch of different names. Okay, so we're not looking at a man who is grunting. We're not looking at a man who... Uh, is not able to communicate, that doesn't understand tools and language and things. He's dressing and keeping the garden. He understands farming from right there on, and that's what it says in the Bible. Okay? He also understands that he's alone. So God right away makes him a helpmeet, or makes Eve, and so he understands... And it says, God made it so he understands marriage and commitment. Right away. The very first thing. Maybe we don't even understand that as well today. He understands deep things. And we know right away, we know right away that... He is uh, different from the animals. And how is he different? Well, he's made in God's image. So what is it that is different than the animals? And we'll come back to that in a minute. So we also want to go to chapter 3 just to fill in a few more blanks to know a few more things. Chapter 3, verse number 1. Here Eve has been created and now comes the serpent. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. All right? Conversation goes on a little bit. Uh, but you get enough of this. She understands right from wrong. Also, she's having a full-blown conversation with a snake at the time. Uh, and it may have been uh, maybe not as unique. We don't know. We don't know what the sin curse brought to this world. And someday in heaven's future, we don't know what God's 
perfect paradise will be like. There may be things, and there is things, beyond our wildest imagination of what God will create when he recreates the heavens and the earth. So this little exchange between the snake, maybe that was not unusual. I don't know. All right, But what we do know is that the soul uh, that God put inside of a man is the beginning of a change. Now, we see these things, and we skip along to verse number 7. Of course, they sin, she eats the apple, she brings it to Adam, he eats the apple, verse 7. And the eyes of both of them were opened, they knew they were naked, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay? So, as soon as they realized the sin they had, they have clothing, very first humans, clothing, and how do they put them together? They sewed them. They have tools, right? Needles, whatever it is. So they are not beyond able to put together tools and things. We're not talking about uh, cavemen in which the way that a lot of people would say, well, you know, these are guys are jumping around grunting and groaning until they figured out what each other was trying to say. Uh, they knew very well what was right and wrong. They knew well how to communicate. God created this creation of his, man and woman, so that he could be with them in the garden. That was his point of making mankind, is so he could commune with them. And it says he walked in the cool of the day, or in the, the late afternoon, evening, and he walked through and he had conversations with Adam and Eve. And we know that because when he came looking for them after they sinned, they were hiding from him. Right? And he says, as it was, he was normally down, walking through the cool of the day. Mankind was meant to commune with God. Not to be an animal translated into a smarter and smarter uh, human. Okay? God made the creation perfect. So, let's go and think and look and see what happens. Now, what about cavemen? Caves are an interesting little side note here. What about caves? Well, there are people that have lived in caves and do still live in caves, depending on the part of the world they live in. People that dwell in caves because it's efficient. Uh, people that live in caves because they use the cooling and or heating of it. And we know that the natives across this country found all the caves that they could and used it uh, to store meats because it was cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter. Okay, They used caves all the time. Now when I was on a trip, I went to a trip to Montana one time, went with my grandfather and a couple of cousins and my uncle, and we went on a four-day river raft float down the Smith River. And there was a side uh, little adventure we stopped at. My uncle was the head of the Montana State Parks at the time. He knew where all the little spots were. So we stopped, and it was a little tiny rock you could get out on and climb a pathway. And we went up about 500 feet up and over top of a little mountain, and dropped down into the cave that was in the top of that mountain. You could just see the little black hole up there, and you had to crawl up and over top and drop down inside of it. And the cave was as big as this room. 
And throughout the cave, there were paintings all on there. Been painted, and they figure in the 1600s that the natives were up in there painting all these, a lot of red, different shapes and things like that. People lived in caves, okay? Or they did things in caves. It's not unusual, and even today in the Middle East, they, they use caves. Some not-so-nice people have used caves and hidden in caves as of recent, okay? But also we find people throughout the Bible, including David, hid in caves and used caves, okay? It's not unusual that they would find things inside of caves and find, oh, people have been here and done something. Yes, they have. Human race has been all over the place doing things from the very beginning, Okay? So caves in and of themselves, it doesn't necessarily make it that there is a caveman. Okay? Caves is kind of an own, its own thing. All right? The simple people, that's what people have been trying to do, is say that there's a, a group of these simple, monkey-like people that, that got smarter and smarter as time went on. So I'm going to give you a few of these names of these guys. And what, what the anthropologists have done and the archaeologists they've tried to find the missing link okay what they say is well there was monkeys away a long time ago and humans now and somewhere in between we got a couple of hands raised here <laughs> maybe they were uh, somewhere in between are supposedly this whole series of things so skeletons have been said they they they've grown and got smarter and they went from walking on all fours to walking upright. So let's look at a few things and I'm going to give you a couple names you may or may never have heard these. The Piltdown Man. It was found uh, a couple hundred years ago and originally it was used to uh, around the 1920s there was a trial talking about evolution in this country uh, the monkey scopes and monkey trial, I think it was called, right? Um, it was used as evidence to say, see, this really did happen. The Piltdown Man was just, I think it was in England it was found. The idea was this. It was a skull, and they said, look, it's a human monkey skull. It's a half in between. Well, after a little bit more, after a few years and things died down, scientists actually started to look at this human monkey skull. And they found that indeed the skull was human and the jaw was a monkey. And they didn't go together. In fact, somebody modified it a bit to make it fit a little better. There was a little filing of some teeth. And there was a little staining to make it work out just so good. So those types of people, there are people out there who are going to work to find that and going to make it fit regardless. Okay? Because, well, we'll get to the because in a little bit. Then they found Nebraska Man. And they built an entire... Uh, skeleton out of this Nebraska man, and they drew him half monkey, half ape, sort of bent over, uh, half man, sort of bent over, kind of going around, and Nebraska man was found, they found a single tooth, and they built a whole person, monkey man, out of it, 
<laughs> and guess what? Later they found out that tooth belonged to a pig. <laughs> so they keep going, okay? Ramapithecus. They found a jawbone. And that jawbone, they built a whole skeleton out of him. They found this brand new middle-of-the-road kind of monkey man thing, and they built it out of the jawbone. And they found that later was a jawbone of a baboon. It wasn't anything different than the species within which God created it. And then came Boxgrove Man. They found a shin bone and said, hey, we're going to build a monkey man out of this. And someone decided we're going to put art on, you know, we're going to build out of that. We're going to figure out what the skeleton's like. We're going to build this all out of it. We're going to put flesh on them and hair on them, and we're going to make their face look so. There's not even a skull to look at. It was a shin bone. All right? So along comes a few others. There is an Artipithecus, okay? Now here's the thing. They found a bunch of bones from an Artipithecus. And if you know human or animal bone structure, you can put them together. When they found these bones, they did, and they spent around 15 years putting these bones together. It was almost all monkey bones were very much similar to the exact monkey bones that they found, except for one human toe bone that they found. And they said, look, we found this skeleton and we put them together. And this proves that there is a halfway between monkey or uh, human, they call them hominids, if they're half monkey and half man, because we found this human toe bone. Now, if you were to go and dig up here all of those bones, and then you were to walk from this site here to Tim Hortons in Albion, that's how far away they found the human toe bone. It's 11 miles, okay? Walk the roads all the way to Tim Hortons in Albion. By the way, all the pile of bones that they found for this skeleton, they call him Artie, were spread over nine miles. So there's a great desire to put these things together. If you really look, and what happens is they make a big frenzy of it. We found the, we found the new one. We found this, this missing link. He's the one. She's the one. We finally put it together and we proved it. And then usually, sometimes decades later, Things kind of get disproven, and it just sort of fades away. But we've already made the impact and the splash. We made Time Magazine's cover. We did what we needed to do. We made an impact, and we got it done, even though maybe the science wasn't quite as good as it could have been, even though maybe the truth wasn't all there. So they finally found one, and maybe uh, this is one of the last ones, Lucy. People have heard of Lucy, right? Lucy is the famous Australopithecine, and they found her skeleton. They said she's the missing link. Now, when they looked at her skeleton, they found about 25% of the bones. Lots of them broken off, parts and pieces left. And they found, and they, they lay it out. 
on a board, and they said there's two unique things about Lucy. One is the angle of her uh, knee bone. And the angle of her knee bone shows that she was halfway between on her fours and halfway upright. I'm not sure where you walk halfway, but uh, that's what it proves. Now, that knee bone was not found with the rest of the bones. It was found a mile away. Okay? But then they said there's more importantly, there is her hip bone, and that proves, the angle of her hip bone proves that she was partially bent over, more like an ape, but not. Now, they did a whole entire series of, of television shows and things about Lucy, and what they said is there's these very smart scientists that have put this all together, and no doubt they are brilliant people. They were so brilliant that they figured out a way that Lucy's hip bone probably ended up crushed down below before it got fossilized, broken apart, and then crushed back together smaller at the angle of a chimpanzee rather than a human. And so they cut it apart and spread it so it would be more like a human because that's what it was. No, it was in one piece, and it was a chimpanzee. That's really all it was. But they were going to make it be because, I guess that's the big question, why? You know, why work so hard? Why work so hard to try to make this missing link? In 2009, they found Ida. Ida hit the world with a big splash. It was the missing link. It made Google's top uh, uh, banner. Ida was part of the skeleton they found of a monkey missing link, uh, they found it and they put it in Google's thing because the world should know about Ida being the missing link. What they found really a short while later is Ida was a type of lemur. Okay? Because from the very beginning God says I will make man after his kind, I will make these beasts after their kind, and there will be great differences amongst them. So you find this whole bunch of monkey things, or just plain old wrong things. That's a lot of the evidence we get was, wasn't really truly a bone from either a monkey or a man, from something else. Or you got a monkey type skeleton, chimpanzee, orangutan, whatever it was. And then they said, well, it's like this, and it's halfway in between. And then it wasn't really quite true. Then they began to say, well, then we gotta make we gotta make up from the man side down. So they found other skeletons of people uh, that they call Neanderthal man, right? Neanderthal man uh, was a human skeleton. And if you don't believe that there aren't human skeletons and variations, look online, you will find the human skull has great variation within it for people that live today. Alive today on the earth, you go across the world and you find great variation. In fact, I had a teacher, I won't tell you who he was, he was a, a thin school teacher and I used to stare at him sometimes because over the top of his head, over his eyes, he had a big ridge bone. It was very strange looking <laughs> and it looked like, I thought like, an Australopithecine kind of head 
on him. But he was a human, and he taught physics and chemistry. He's a brilliant guy. <laughs> there are differences with all of us within the human race. Some of us stand taller, some of us more erect, some of us bent over more, some of us have had uh, people with diseases and things that have changed the formation of a person, okay? And when they find something, they're looking so hard to try and make it fit the story. Just look at what you find and let it be what it is. That's all that... My approach is to science is let the science happen, real science, not made up stuff. We're not going to build an entire a skeleton out of a shin bone. Find out what it really is like. Find out where it really went and what it should be. We're not going to go 11 miles apart and say, well, there's one part of it and one part. I don't know what happened to that person that died so many years ago that they're 11 miles apart, their toe bones and the rest of them. But man, it was terrible, whatever it was, right? So the idea is don't build something together like that. Why all the push for this? Why the hairy, ape-like guys that they draw a picture of? Why do they care so much? What's the problem? Well, the alternative to creating an entire series of evolution is that you go into the Bible and you say, well, God created mankind and created animals. And they have continued since he began them. And they will continue until he ends it. When God creates them, animals have variations, cats and dogs, humans have variations. All right? only place you can get a half-human, half-dog boy is in the Inquirer. It's the only place you really get it, right? That's the only place it happens. And I don't know where that proof comes from. All right? That's the only place. Have people spent time in caves? Yes. Were they humans? Sure they were. All right? Did animals die like monkeys? Yes, they did. Skeletons have been found and will be found. But if you're trying to put together a story, why are you trying to do it? Well, they say that the increase in knowledge and technology proves that our human race is evolving to smarter and better. Okay, that's questionable, right? There's a company that's done some research... uh, and you probably heard of this. Pfizer, this is one of those things. They do gene research, right? Uh, they say 96% of the genetics of a chimpanzee is what we share with a human. And on their website, they say, we're just not sure what we're going to find is the difference in that 4%. What makes the difference between a monkey and a human? Well, we can go right to the Bible and find out. It's pretty easy to find out the difference. But let me tell you, uh, if you're worried about that, we also share 60% of our genes with fruit flies and 60% of our genes with bananas. Okay? So the things that God made, because he said out of the dust of the earth, 
It says it right in the first verse we read. Out of the dust of the earth, he created all the kinds of humans and animals. The same building blocks he used to create humans and animals. And we go back to them when we die, right? We all rot and go back down. Amino acids are part of life, building blocks of life. So when we go back, what's the difference? Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. So we look... And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every livered creature, that was the name thereof. So he made them out of the ground. Go ahead to uh, go back to verse 7 in the same chapter. And the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And that's the difference is that God God breathed, it says, breathed life through a soul in mankind. Mankind has a soul and a spirit because he wanted to commune with mankind. He doesn't commune with the animals. We love animals. Animals are wonderful. Uh, It is a great part of our life, and he has added a wonderful dimension to this world through animals interaction with them, but he created mankind with a spirit, a soul, something deeper in which God can connect, because God is a spirit, it says. God is a spirit, and he connects to spirits. That's when he first touches us, he touches the inside of us in a place that we aren't very familiar with. That spirit is the part of us. We're, we, we know the outsides of our bodies well. But we don't know that inner spirit until God awakens it and begins to use it within us, makes it alive. So why? Back to that final question of why. Let's go to Romans just to see. Because Paul has this answered very well. What are we doing? Why push so hard for this story to put together an entire series of skeletons. Why do they continue to do it? Romans chapter number 1. Here's something you ought to know. They have labeled every previous mankind, the Australopithecine and all that, and they got up to a homo sapien. And they have called us homo sapien sapien. And if you know what that means, that means wise, wise man. Maybe not. Romans chapter 1, verse number 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. First thing is, there is evidence of God in creation. You can see his handiwork everywhere you go, and you cannot deny it. All right? That's the first thing. But humans, verse number 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools 
We're not only wise, we're wise, wise humans. Now we've reached it, right? And yet, the more we push God away, the less we understand about ourselves, about the world, about all of uh, the realm of understanding even beyond this earth. Okay? God understands all that, and the more we push away God from our society and from our learning and from everything that we are, we understand less wisdom. Okay? Verse number 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through their lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. And there it is. The core of the problem is we prefer to worship other things mostly ourselves. That's the problem. And so if we have to deal with this whole God thing and our sin and where we didn't quite make it as a human race and we weren't so perfect, then that's kind of annoying. So let's put together an entire series of things that says we're just getting smarter and better. Okay? Makes more sense in a worldview that is based around selfishness. That says, I'm the most important and most smart generation that's ever existed so far. If you have been around for a few years, you probably know that might not even be so true. Okay? You might know, and you say, where's the common sense? Where's the things we used to know? Where's all that going? Because... The, the true meaning of it all is that, truthfully, when Adam fell and Eve fell in the garden, mankind has been declining in their understanding of wisdom. We have had an increase in knowledge at the end, scientific knowledge, and they have done amazing technological things, but the wisdom seems to have washed away. As time went on. Okay? You see that? You just got to interact with some people. That's all you got to do. Right? You doubt me, go into customer service. You'll know. Right? <laughs> You'll find out really quick. Right? The wisdom has washed away. And Jesus said there will be an increase in learning at the end. They'll be going to and fro, back and forth. Okay? Jesus knew all of this. God created us for a purpose, and from the very beginning, we've thumbed our nose at God and said, forget it, I don't want you. I'm going to figure out a way to do this without you. And that's the core of the problem that evolution is, to put the story together, sew it together in such a way to say, yeah, we've changed way back when we did all that changing, and now we're brilliant. Probably not. It's probably the same old problem of sin. Just like God said from the very beginning. And so we know it's not true because we see evidences of the truth in God's word. He was there and he put it in his word and he told us what happened and we just really don't want to believe it. Right? Anything but that. 
let's, let's create a whole other story. Let's create a story in which we're the best. And we're just getting better as time goes on. That's not the way it is. We all need God's forgiveness. We all need redemption. And that's the true story. And so as we look at these things, look at it through a different lens and say, maybe it's not quite what they're portraying out there. Maybe that's not all the story. Let's look back in God's word and get the answer. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day.